Regrettably, we populate a sin-cursed planet. And we have to deal with the consequences of that truth on about a daily basis. If you will run the references in the New Testament concerning the subject of suffering, there are many. We see it in the lives of folks who are completely innocent. Nothing touches me, I don't believe, any stronger than to see a child suffer, especially an infant. And you look at it and say, well, what did that baby do? To, you know, to, well, the baby didn't do anything to deserve it. What happened a long time ago, just to refresh everybody's memory before we get into this this morning, God created Adam. He took a rib out. He created a woman, named her Eve. He said, y'all have this whole garden. They run around naked and didn't know they were naked. They had no reason to be ashamed. Wow. I'm glad everybody put your clothes on this morning. <laughs> you wait till it gets 50 degrees in Chattooga County, then go to Walmart anyway. Um, somebody got that. <laughs> Beverly did. Yeah, Beverly said, oh, Lord. That's truth anyhow. But instead of just obeying one simple commandment, do not eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The enemy came, possessed a serpent that, that didn't slither at the time and could speak and seduced Eve, deceived her, and she did eat. And then she gave the forbidden fruit to her husband, Adam, and he did eat. And it's been all downhill ever since then. You go on into the story of Genesis, I mean, the, the murder when Cain murders Abel, right there in, in the, the first uh, nuclear family, if you will. And all the misery and sorrow that has taken place in our world history since then up until this very moment. And it struck me when the Lord asked Adam, you know, why did you eat, that he immediately took responsibility and said it's her fault. Can I share a word of wisdom to all the husbands this morning? Don't waste your time blaming your wife because you're just wasting your time. Amen. Even if it is her fault, you may as well just go ahead and ride it. No. And we see folks today, it's not my fault. Well, a lot of times it is. We make bad decisions and they get us in a mess. And I deal with that on a daily basis. What do you mean, Brother Andy? Brother Andy, pray for so-and-so. Pray for this one. Pray for that one. Pray for this uh, couple. Pray for this child. Pray for this young man, this young woman. Pray for this mother, this wife, this husband, this grandparent, this family. Because circumstances have taken place and they're all in a world of hurt. And we do that. Now that I've got everyone fired up, praise God. Because I said, Lord, are you sure you want me to go with this? He wants me to go with that because he wants me to tell somebody in this house this morning, quit blaming somebody else. We live in a sin-cursed world that is not going to get any better until Jesus comes. The Word of God says that evil men will wax worse and worse. Amen. So now that you're sufficiently, you know, fired up, fixing to run the aisles, let me give you the good part of this. 1 John 2 and 25, and this is the promise that he has promised us eternal life. You don't hear as much about that as we ought to. We don't emphasize that. We go straight for the, you a sinner, amen, hup, and you're going to bust hell up wide open, hup, if you don't hup, get right. I can do that. You know. 
And I'm not knocking preachers that do. It's a cadence. You know, some of the best guys I know had to hook. But the promise, beloved, is eternal life. Woo! Now, I'm talking about a reality that our imagination cannot grasp. He, talking about Jesus, has promised us, those who believe in him, listen, listen, eternal life. Praise God. In a perfect place. He has promised us eternal life in a place that he has prepared that is perfect, where there is no sorrow. We can't deal with that because we deal with sorrow daily, where there is no suffering. We deal with somebody's suffering just about on a daily basis, where there is eternal joy where it is great all the time, where it is perfect all the time. We can't even imagine that. Our mind cannot go there. Yet he has promised us eternal life. Praise God. I get up in the morning, go in the bathroom, wash my face, look at my face, go, wow. What happened to you, Doc? If you go to my, if you go to my Facebook, somebody... Uh, put on there the, the, the Chattooga County historical deal. Anyway, it was a photograph of my band when I was a senior, my marching band. I put that dude up as my, you know, you go to my deal, you're going to see that. I'm almost in the middle. I'm right beside a real tall guy that plays tenor sax. But you can say, hey, that looks like Brother Andy. That's what Brother Andy used to look like. Brother Andy don't look like that no more. Amen. The other thing that is a real joy is the truth that there ain't no ugly people in heaven. Praise God. We're looking forward to that. But he has promised us, listen, we don't dwell on this. It's an afterthought for us. We just kind of brush it to the side, and we do not let this truth bless us the way the Lord desires for it to bless us. He has promised us eternal life. I'm going to prove it by the Scriptures. Book of Titus, 1 and 1, Paul, a bondservant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, that's us, and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life which God who cannot lie promised before time began. He what? He promised us eternal life before time began. We are so preoccupied with our present distress that we have ignored the promise of God that has been given to us that enables us to endure this while we wait for that which is to come. Well, Brother Andy, people can be so heavenly minded they're no earthly. I don't know about that. I don't know if you can be too heavenly minded. I'm convinced that the more heavenly minded you are, the more earthly good you are. Amen. We have that which we look forward to. And you know, I'm you know, I'm the guy that's gonna tell you. All God's children. Well, the Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die, after this the judgment. It's all gonna happen up. We try to push it out of the way, we try to obscure it. You know, and there's a lot of things that you can do uh, that that technology and science has made available that you can redo yourself. Dolly Parton, everybody, you know, she looks like she did back in the sixties. But it ain't because she ain't had no help. And they, 
thing I appreciate about her is that she's just up front about it. I've been snipped, pulled, tucked, whatever, bleached, or all, all that stuff. We can do stuff you know, and, and try to fool ourselves into thinking that it happened to everybody else, but it's not going to happen to us. It's going to happen to us. It behooves us to be ready for that day and for it not to catch us unawares. But also it behooves us to rejoice in the truth of the promise that this same Jesus, praise God, has promised us eternal life. This life is not the end. This aging process we're all experiencing, it's not the end all. This world is not the end. There is a world to come. There is a life to experience in the kingdom of God and that truth has been given to us to strengthen us and help us and enable us to endure this present distress and look forward with great anticipation to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Brother Andy, Jesus said, I come, you might have life. You might have it more abundantly. That's exactly what he said. And the definition of that is that we live every day in the living expectation of the soon return of Christ, that it could be today. What buoys us, what keeps us going, what strengthens us from day to day is the knowledge that today could be the day. Praise God. Today might not be just another day. Today could be the day when the Son of God stands up on the side of his heavenly Father. He shouts forth with the voice of the archangel. The trumpet of God sounds. The dead in Christ rise. And then we which are alive and remain are caught up together with him in the air. And so shall we ever eternally be with the Lord. That is what strengthens us. That's the definition of eternal life. I mean, it's the abundant life that Christ promised. That we live every day in that, but we don't. We allow the circumstances of living in on this sewer, and that's what it is, folks. Let's just, you know, let's just call it what it is. Living in this sewer, we let the stuff we have to deal with obscure the promise that God has given us so that we may experience joy. I'm glad I'm going to live forever. Amen. I'm glad I'm going to live forever and not look like this. You said, Brother Andy, you're being foolish. No, I'm not. I'm glad I'm going to live forever and I will never have to take another medication. I'm glad I'm going to live forever and my heart will never be, my feelings will never be hurt again. My heart will never be broken again. Praise God. I'm glad I'm going to live forever in a perfect place where the joy of the Lord is mine continually, where he is the light. Praise God in that place that he has prepared for us. Titus chapter 3, verse 3. I'm going to prove this by the word of God. I got 15 minutes. For we ourselves were also once foolish. Listen to this, folks. Paul said, I was foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit 
whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Has anybody else else had the Holy Spirit poured out on you abundantly through Jesus Christ, your Savior? Amen. Listen, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope, the certainty of eternal life. Hallelujah. You know what the best preaching is? The best preaching is just reading the Word of God. Amen. The best preaching is just reading the Word of God. According to His mercy, He saved us. He poured His Spirit out on us abundantly. He has justified us by His grace. He has put us in a legal standing before the very throne of God in which we have been declared innocent. But then ain't this, and I remember I know what I did. Yes, you do. Devil knows what you did too. But you know what? If you've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and you called on his name, God Almighty has forgotten all that. Isn't it great? Ha! He does something once again we cannot do. I cannot forget my past life. I cannot forget my mistakes. Let's just shuck it on down to the car. I cannot forget my sin. But for Christ's sake, the Lord has. And he has placed me in a spot in a legal standing before the, the bar, if you will, of heaven, the court of heaven. And I have been declared innocent by his unmerited woo, favor. I haven't done anything to deserve his goodness. He is just so good that he pours his goodness out on those who are undeserving. Praise God. One such as I. I have not deserved his grace. I have not deserved his love. I have not deserved his mercy. I have not deserved his salvation. But while I was yet a sinner, Christ Jesus died on that cross and shed his blood so that when I believed in him, praise God, I might be saved. Woo! Got a couple of more. John chapter 17, verse 1. Jesus spoke these words. Boy, I love John chapter 17. Lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may also glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him and this is eternal life that they may know you the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That is eternal life. There is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. There is only one Savior, and his name is Jesus Christ. Romans 6 and 23, we all know this. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin is death. You've got to work. You want to go to hell, you got to work to get there. The wages of sin is death. That's what you're given when you expend effort. You've been employed. But the gift, the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Yeah, I'm just going to obey the Lord. It's a gift. It's a gift. Amen. Put that back, brother. I gave just state of my bill for one time because I trusted him. I didn't have no money in it. But I just, it's a gift. 
It's a gift. And we, we have got, you know, especially God help us in Pentecostal holiness churches to understand that our salvation, we cannot earn it, folks. I don't care what, you know, list that you go by or what your standards are or what your convictions are. That's all grand and good. I ain't knocking it. I'm just saying that it won't save us. This eternal life is a gift. And that's what the enemy fights so hard against folks to understand it is given freely to whosoever will. You'll find that scripture in our church bulletin. The spirit and the bride say come. And whosoever will, let them come to Christ and he will give you eternal life. The enemy is the one going to accuse you. And a, lot, a lot of times when he accuses you, he's just telling the truth. But the, I mean, am I, am I, am I, is that right? All they do is tell the truth. But the Lord said, I will give you eternal life. I've, I've, I've counseled with folks banging their head against the wall because they just it, it's so good that they, they can't conceive of it. Are you telling me that he will give me? He will give you. Give you. Give you. Put it in your hand so you can take it into your own possession that we might receive the gift of eternal life when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. I know, Brother Andy, but you got to live right. You're not going to live right until you believe in him. Righteous living is the fruit of faith in Christ Jesus. We get the, ho- the cart before the horse. The first thing you got to do is believe in him. And I'm not just saying, well, I've heard about him all my life, and, you know, maybe you got drugged to church or, or you know, you went to uh, uh, Mother's Day and, and Easter and Christmas or stuff like that. I'm, not, I'm talking about in your own mind, embracing and believing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the point where you say, give me that back. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm talking to some folks that the Lord wants to liberate you this morning. He wants to free you. My God. He wants to, I better close my eyes. He wants to free you from that guilt you've been dragging for so long that has drugged you down. He wants to free you from that guilt with the knowledge that the power of his shed blood is able to wash your sins away, praise God, and that his grace is sufficient for you. His grace is sufficient for you. One more scripture we're going to pray. Jude, verse 20. My Lord... I get it for y'all do. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Don't expect somebody else to do it. You do it. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Praise God. And on some have compassion, making a distinction. But others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Brother Andy, can we do that? Yes. 
We can pull them out. If we couldn't, the Word of God wouldn't sell us to do it. We can pull them out of the fire, despising even the garment defiled by the flesh. But we can pull them out. How do you do that? We pray them out. Verse 24. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Do what? I want to preach to some folks who've been straining, straining, and straining. Jesus Christ is able to keep us from stumbling. Woo! Jesus Christ is able to keep us from stumbling. Is that not what the Word of God just said? Now to he who is able, who's he talking? He ain't talking about me. Jesus Christ is able to keep you from stumbling and to perform this most excellent miracle and to present us faultless. How, that is so good it blows our mind. He is able, well, if I believe in him, if I trust in him, if I embrace him, if I receive him unto myself, if I take him up on his invitation, he said, whosoever will, let him come. If I call upon the name of the Lord, the word of God says, in these last days, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want somebody in this house this morning by the power of God's grace to be liberated from that guilt and that condemnation that you keep embracing time and time and time again and it just keeps pulling you down when it is the will of God for you to live and to walk in liberty with the knowledge that he is able praise God to keep me wretched old me <coughs> sorry old me he's able to keep me from stumbling he is able how powerful is Jesus Christ he is able to present me faultless. Woo! He is able to present me faultless before his Father, washed in the blood, redeemed, praise God, by the blood of the Lamb, saved. Saved. Saved, justified, sanctified, perfected. Oh, brother, I, I just I got too many. No, no, no. You 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 got to quit listening to the devil and start listening to what the Word of God says. The Word of God said that Jesus is able to keep you from stumbling. I know, brother Andy, but I've messed up so many times. No, no. If you fall down, you fall down on the rock, and you get up, you're still standing on the rock. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't save you just to throw you away the first time you had a blip or whatever. And I'm not I'm talking about any lifestyle, you know, of, of, of sin. I'm not talking about that. What I'm saying is that the grace of our God is able to bring us home. And he wants you to live in that liberty, in the knowledge of what the Word of God says, and the liberty of his grace. 
Right? And I'm not talking about, you know, I'm not excusing sin or, or talking about some kind of compromise living. I'm telling you that if we will believe on him and trust in him and him alone, you know what the Apostle Paul said? Apostle Paul said, I don't trust my flesh. He said, I have absolutely no confidence in my flesh. And you know what? Hold on to the pew. I'm just going to tell you something. Brother Andy ain't got no confidence in his flesh either. Because my flesh can't save me, but Jesus Christ has, is, and will. Now, I, 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 there's li- I'm, t- I'm telling you, the Lord's talking. To some- there is liberty for somebody in this house this morning. Because it is not the will of God that you drag a ball and chain on your way to glory land. It is the will of God that you experience his salvation and his peace and that you rejoice in the truth that through Christ Jesus you have received the gift of eternal life. And when this life is over, it's not over. And when that trumpet sounds, you're going. Praise God. For no other reason than because Jesus Christ died on that cross, shed his blood, rose again the third day, ascended to the right hand of the Father. And the next great thing to happen is to gather us home. The devil told somebody in this house, you're not saved. I rebuke that by the word of God. Did you pray? Did you? I, I closed my eyes so the way I don't think I'm looking at. Did you pray? Did you call upon the name of the Lord? Did you do what the Lord instructs you to do in the Bible? Amen. You don't have to jump through hoops. Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ for yourself to where your confession is Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God? And in my heart, I believe that God has raised him from the dead and that he is alive. You get your focus off yourself. You put your focus on Christ and see what the Lord will do in your life. Stand to me. He's done with me. Stand together all over the place.